This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Have you ever stopped to wonder what exactly success means to you? Is it money, fame, power, all of the above or none at all? I'm Dashan Johan and this is Redefining Success, a show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their lives, what makes them tick and what the word success means to them. In light of International Women's Day 2022, we're going to be highlighting various women on the show throughout the month, from journalists to entrepreneurs, artists and even homemakers too. My guest on today's show is an independent journalist, Usha Daniel. Welcome to the show, Usha. How do you define success? What does the word success mean to you? Hi, Dashran. Thank you for having me on the show. The word success to me is the ability and the freedom to tell stories that I want and that I'm passionate about. For example, I like to cover environmental stories. So I've been covering floods in Malaysia since 2014 and I've been covering since. So... To me, success is being able to tell different types of stories with different elements, different agencies, as well as personal growth. I need to be able to grow and understand why has this issue grown together with me and how can I help people resolve it? Okay, let's dissect that a little bit um, by talking about why you decided to become a journalist in the first place. Um, was At what age were you when you decided that this is the career path that you want to tread on? Um, was there a particular turning point in your life that sparked something in you? Yes, so I'm actually not a journalism graduate. I am a qualified radiographer. I went to med school. I practiced in the hospital for about a year and then... The opportunity came to me when I met a newspaper editor at the time and we were having a conversation. So he very bluntly told me, he's like, you know what, you can be a reporter. Why don't you send in your CV and we see how you can grow from there. I didn't really take that seriously the first time. I thought it was like, oh, maybe I'm just talking too much. (laughs) And then the opportunity came again the second time and I told him like, you know what, I'll think about it. And then the third time he asked me and I thought, you know what? Three strikes, I'm out. I decided to take that leap. I joined Malay Mail as a junior reporter. And uh, since 2013 to date, I've been reporting. And I'm still quite surprised that I came from a really different background. And I'm able to hold my ground in journalism right now. And I really enjoy doing this. Was it something that you've always had an eye on? And I ask that because, yes, the opportunity came your way. But why switch from you know, being in the medical side, uh, medical field to to journalism? Because it's a completely sort of uh, different um, field altogether. It's a different path altogether um, from being a radiographer. Or what about the opportunity came your way, but what was interesting about it? Was it something that you've always been fascinated by? When I was a teenager, when I was in high school, I write, I used to enjoy writing so much. And on Sundays, my dad would bring back this thick pile of newspapers, right? So I used to go through the newspapers and I've always wondered, like, how do they get the stories? How do these journalists get the stories, get the quotes, put it together in this newspaper? So I've always had the curiosity, like, how do you do this? So when the opportunity came to me, I thought, you know what? I can go and find out how they actually do it and figure out, like, if I'm good at it, I'll stay. If I'm not, at least it's an experience that and that I took and 
it's not a wasted experience. Lah. Take the big leap. Don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Were there or are there any journalists that you looked up to growing up or you look up to right now that inspires you? At this point of time, obviously, it's Isabel Young from Vice News. Mm. I think her style of reporting and the way she tells stories, also, it's in line with the Vice News editorial mm. storytelling type. So I really admire her work. I really, really want to tell stories like her one day and be as brave as her because she's been deployed to war zones, to China. She's been on assignments for even to tell food stories. So being versatile and being really good is something that I admire when I see her. Is that something that you're interested in, right? Because when you look at the field of journalism, there are many areas um, you can cover many different things. Like you said, um, you have been covering environment stories, for example, for many years now. Um, and of course, there are the, the so-called very extremely dangerous side of journalism, which is covering war zones and things like that, which you um, brought up. Is that something that you are uh, interested in? Um, like if someone offered you the gig to go into a war zone, um, whether it's in the Middle East or, for example, now the Russia-Ukraine invasion and things like that, is that something that you would excitedly accept? It's definitely something that I want to do and... It's in the pipeline ever since I joined journalism right. in 2013. So I gave myself like a five-year timeline when I joined at 23 years old. Like, okay, when I'm 28, I'm going to do this. When I'm 33, I'm going to do this. So I think being able to grow from hotline news reporting to telling stories in real time and covering war zones is not easy. Mm-hmm especially coming from an international news outlet, you will have to go through various trainings. You will have to go through hostile trainings, hostile environment trainings, crisis training, because you can't just be deployed to dangerous locations and situations. But it is definitely something that I want to do with the right training, with the right guidance, with the right agency. Why... Independent journalism. Um, it's You have been, uh, like you said, you joined Malay Mail as a junior reporter, but now you are an independent journalist. Um, why do you prefer? Is this something you prefer uh, as opposed to um, being attached to, a let's say, a particular publication or, or a particular media company? Being independent gives me the freedom to tell the stories that I want. But it also has a lot of blockades where, like, for example, during MCO, mm-hmm. It was that whole year of using my writing talent to make ends meet because right. I could not go out for shoots anymore. So being independent is something that I enjoy, but also there are downsides to it. But with independence, there's freedom because since I've been an independent journalist since 2017, I've worked with multiple agencies and I couldn't do that if I was attached to one agency. Mm-hmm. So I've written for international news agencies. I've produced a feature-length documentary on my own. I've hosted TV news segments for Vice News Tonight. So being independent does have the freedom, but if an opportunity comes and if the opportunity helps me grow in my career, I would definitely take it up. Talk to me about how challenging the pandemic was for you as an independent journalist. And was there instances throughout the pandemic where you thought to yourself, I don't know if I can do this any longer. I don't know how much longer I can sustain myself doing this. I might just have to 
either um, go and join a, a, an agency or a publication um, per, as a full-timer, attach myself there, or just, you know, quit being a journalist altogether and, and just do something else. Um, did thoughts like that come, uh, you know, pop into your mind, especially at the height of the pandemic? It definitely did. You, I'd be lying if I say it didn't because the stream of income, I had two documentaries canceled, like put on hold the day before the lockdown happened, right. which was 8 March, 2020. And I remember the date very clearly because I had to put on hold two documentaries. So from having that in my head, like, oh, I'm going to be really busy for the rest of the year to like, okay, what do I do? I have nothing to do. It broke me out of my comfort zone. And I started picking up my writing again because I used to write for Malay Mail and then I broke out of writing and I started doing TV and I was relying a lot on TV. I did a lot of documentaries, a lot of fixing, a lot of producing. I went back to writing and I think that's why I didn't give up because I knew I could still tell stories, but in different mediums. Let's go back in time. Uh, how were you during your schooling days? Um, did you get good grades? Um, what were your interests and ambitions back then? When I was in school... I was quite, <laughs> I was, I was the very, I was very active in like English language society because there were a lot of things that I enjoyed doing drama, for example, choral speaking, debate. So I was very much the student who was always on stage wanting the attention and just like, I just like to talk. Right. And then besides that, I also enjoyed writing a lot. So there was a lot of like special interest in like the English language society when I was growing up. So grades, yeah, I had good grades, but I was also very curious. I was always asking questions. I probably annoyed my teacher a lot, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think a lot of my guidance from my English teacher, my choral speaking teacher, who wasn't even my class teacher, they gave me a lot of confidence. They, gave me a lot of push and drive tell me like you know what you can write you should continue writing what about your parents uh, naturally you went and did science um, i'm guessing you did science stream because you became a radiographer and all um, but then how was it when you told them that you know this is what i i'm thinking of um, switching my careers completely i'm thinking of going into journalism how did your family react to that the career path change came when I was 23 years old. Right. So being young at that time, I told my dad, I'm going to go and try and work in Malay Mail and see if it's something that I want to do. And my dad is very supportive. My dad has been supportive from day one. And there's a lot of assignments that I remember my dad has played a really big part in it. For example, when um, MH370 happened, I just got back from work like really late at night and then my editors were scrambling like, okay, you got to come back to the office and it was past midnight. I had no cash on me. So I had to go wake my dad up like, daddy, can I have like 20 <laughs> ringgit just, just to pay toll or something? And he was like, why, what's happening? So I had to explain to him briefly, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. He's like, okay, so he gave me 50 ringgit. He's like, this is yours, go. <laughs> so, Yes. So that was like one one of like mm -hmm. a very nice memory I have of my dad being very supportive. And obviously my mom, moms being moms. When I used to be a crime reporter with Malay Mail, my mom would constantly like ask me, are you okay? 
Are you in dark places? Are you in dangerous places? Yeah, the concern is there, but the support has always been there. And the transition from a full-time job to freelancing, I think my parents were a bit confused. I think it's just, it comes with the generation. Right. They don't understand gig economy. Mm. Like, I can sustain by working different jobs, different clients. But after a year, I think once I started to establish myself as a journalist, I started working with agencies like Al Jazeera. I was reporting for the Global Reporting Center. Then I think slowly they they were like, you know what, she's fine. I don't have to worry so much. And how long did it take for that? You know, when, when you just started, like you said, you know, you have to go to your dad and ask for toll money and say like, you know, like, help me out. I need to get this. Uh, I need to go to work. Um, how long did it take for you to go from that to where you are today, um, which is like you said, you, are, you have already established yourself. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm guessing you don't need to go to your dad and ask for toll money anymore <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> um, how long did it take um, to reach that point where you have established yourself and, and how much of effort did you have to put, put into it? It's taken me almost 10 years. So I've been doing this for almost a decade now and it's hard work from the very start. To date. I remember walking into the newsroom with no journalism background. I didn't go to J school. I didn't go to university to study broadcast and journalism. And I had an editor who had a massive editorial meeting. And I remember this. It's like, for the junior reporters, take this as your college days. You are in college right now. You are about to learn how a newspaper is put together every day. And I took that seriously. I genuinely took that seriously. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start from zero. And then 10 years later, I'm here. I have the freedom to to pitch stories that I want. I also get approached to cover certain stories. And um, I mean, hosting for Vice News tonight is unbelievable to me even till today. it's, It's... Definitely, it's taken me 10 years, but it's every year I see growth. Every year I see growth with my peers and my friends as well. So it's not just me alone growing. And it gives me a little bit of a drive. And I see, you know what, my friends are also growing. I want to be there. On the show with me today is Usha Daniel. She's an independent journalist. After the break, I ask her what it takes to sustain and grow oneself as a journalist in Malaysia. We'll be back with more on Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Redefining Success. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Usha Daniel. She's an independent journalist. So, Usha... What was it like when you got your first gig for Vice? Uh, how, how did it feel? I'll be really honest. I got the email very early in the morning, like 7 in the morning. I opened up my email. I was screaming. I was, <laughs> my knees were on the ground. I could not believe it because it was one of my goals. Like When you are a junior reporter and you see reporters reporting for Vice, you're like, wow, I want to be that one day. And then when that really happened for me, I was shocked, ecstatic. And then it started out with one story and then it went to the second story. And then there's a third story that will premiere sometime later this year. As an independent journalist, right, you cover many stories um, throughout your career. How long does it generally take to work on a story? It depends on the type of story that I'm working on. 
or the publication. So if I'm writing for text for newspaper, if it's a daily deadline, then it should be on the fly. Right. I get the assignment either the day before or early morning, and then I have to deliver it by the end of the day. So feature stories, like the stories I wrote about child marriage for South China Morning Post, that took me about a week and a half to put together, to find my interviewees, to get their stories, to get the responses and to put it together. But for documentaries and TV news, it takes longer duration. TV news, um, sometimes it works like daily news as well. Today, we film, today, we post it out. But for documentaries, I think the longest I had to work on one story was eight months. Wow. And it was the wildlife uh, documentary that I put together for Channel News Asia that had elements of investigative journalism as well. So we really, I had to really take time to put it together. So at any given time, you're working on various things. I'm, is, is that how it is? Like you have your short-term daily stuff that you have to get through. And then at the same time, you're sort of working on um, slightly longer-term things, maybe things where your deadline is two weeks, three weeks, a month maybe. And then on top of that, at the back, you're also working on things that maybe can take up to eight months, like you said, like a documentary. Is that how your, your daily schedules usually, is that how you juggle everything? Yeah, it, it appears like, I'm very free on social media, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm working on several stories. I'm working for print. I'm working for television. I'm always eyeing out for stories that I can pitch as well. And it does take up a lot of my time, but it's time well spent. And I enjoy Sometimes you search for one story and then you go into a rabbit hole and then you, you unravel right. more information. You're like wow, I need to write another story about this. <laughs> what has been your proudest work to date? I have two. All right. First is my the wildlife documentary that I put together with absolutely zero experience being a documentary producer. So I learned everything on the fly from producing, filming, interviewing, scripting. And it was, it was a goal that I set before I turned 30. And I did it before I turned 30. So I was very, very proud of That's that. Wonderful. And then the second proudest moment is obviously being the Malaysia correspondent for Vice News. Mm -hmm. Even though I work independently, I work freelance, but I think it is an achievement where, you know what, there's a Malaysian, there's a Sabahan on Vice News. Something yeah. that I'm very proud yeah, of. Yeah, it is. It is a huge achievement, um, certainly. What are the specific challenges, if there are any, that you face... Um, in the journalism field because of your gender? Has there been instances where you have to jump through hoops or face particular obstacles because you're a woman journalist? I think jumping hoops and facing obstacles is a daily life for journalists. It's, gender does not matter when mm. it comes to obstacles. But I think how certain people see female reporters, my personal experience is being at a press conference and getting an extra quote or a scoop and then having a male peer come up to me, to my face to tell me, oh, you got the story because you're a girl. You got the story because you're pretty. That's why he's talking right. to you. So having someone say that to me in public openly, obviously I didn't know how to react because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just trying to do my work here. But I'm pretty sure it does not happen to me alone. I'm very sure it happens to other female journalists as well. So... This has got to stop. We got to break the bias. It's not my gender. It's not my looks. It's genuinely how we get the story, the questions that you ask, and the people that you meet. 
Do you still face that today? No more. I think this behavior has stopped because we've been having a lot more conversations about sexual harassment, about how there are gender biases, and we have activists who has brought it up many times that stop this behavior. Like the headline we saw just last week, Beauty Be Brains. That's What right. is this? Are we in 1940s? I don't think so. Beauty and brain does not correlate. It is one of those things where like I, I can't remember who was it that tweeted like you will never see people talking about male politicians and saying like oh these hunks have brains too or look at these hunkies with with brains and and stuff and put like you know ele- people who are running for elections you know their photos there it's it's just mind blowing right um you brought up growth a couple of times uh, you know you look at it as you know at, at this point to this point okay you are a junior reporter after that you want to be something more and then uh, you have goals like you had goals like you wanted to work for vice like a documentary you wanted to do by by 30 and, and things like that uh, how do you exactly compartmentalize this how do you measure growth and does money or like the your income stream how much does it factor into the way you you measure growth with more experience comes more pay right so it comes hand in hand okay when you are able to work independently on your own because many times i'm basically working on my own by myself hmm. i have my own equipment sometimes i'm filming sometimes i'm taking pictures sometimes i'm writing on my own so for me how do i measure growth exponentially with money is I can actually have I can afford to buy my equipments now to tell more stories rather than rent them rather than hire someone because now I know I'm able to work independently with my own equipment I'm able to just up and leave anytime rather than relying on an agency or a production house so I think that's also how I measure growth for myself pers- personally I'm able to have my own equipments as opposed to like Six years ago, when I didn't have anything, I didn't even have a tripod. Right. No, I have like a mic stand. I have everything that I need, and I think that's also part of how I measure growth. It's not so much whether I'm famous, whether I'm popular, mm-hmm. whether people like me or not. I, I can't make people like me if they mm-hmm. don't. But I think I can make people read my stories, hear the voices that are in my stories. That's how I measure growth. People sometimes, right? A lot of times, when they look at people in the media, which includes journalists, they tend to look at the very glamorous side of things. Um, oh, you're a journalist. You get to speak to all these cool people. You get to hang out with interesting people. You are doing a uh, fun stuff. Um, you might be enjoying like your your life and 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 things like that. And uh, to a certain extent, that that may be true. Uh, if you're passionate about it, I, I'm guessing you'll enjoy it. But What is also the reality about being a journalist and being a journalist in Malaysia? What does it take to sustain and grow as a journalist here? You have to have the willpower to push through every challenge that comes your way. It's not easy. I faced through a lot of career challenges. I've moved a lot of desk as well. I've covered I started out at the metro desk in, in Malay Mail's hotline and if you are a avid reader of Malay Mail print newspaper you would know the hotline desk is where it's open from 9am to 6am and someone calls in and complains about oh my trash is not getting picked up mm. I started out on that desk 
And then I moved on to daily news reporting. Then I moved on to crime desk. After crime, I went and covered business. And then at the same time, I had sports reporting experience. So I think having that all-rounder ability will help a lot. Definitely. So keep reading. Don't, don't just stick on one topic that you know. Be curious. Go read everything. Yeah, certainly. What drives you to keep doing what you're doing? Uh, when we look at, um, you know, the pandemic or just in general, um, like you said, you faced um, bias, especially early on in your career, even from peers. Um, what kept you going this throughout all of these years? I really enjoy what I do. I find joy in hearing stories that people tell me ever since I was much younger. I think also the reason why I wanted to work in the hospital is because I wanted to help people. Right. But now I can do it in a bigger scale. Now I can do it with reach. The right people can hear me. The right people will talk to me. And I think that's what drives me the most. It's not so much the glamour. It's a lot on, I just want to tell your story. People need to hear your voice and I will be your voice. And going back to the glamour, just my last assignment, mm -hmm. if it's glamorous, let me explain to you my one day. Right. I woke up at four. I woke up at four in the morning. I got to the airport by 6.30. We flew off at 8.30. We were in Kuala Terengganu by 9.30. We went all the way down to Kamaman, all the way back to Kuala Terengganu. And I ended the day about 9 p.m. that night. So there's nothing wow. glamorous about news. Yeah. And I had to re we have to repeat that the next day for the second story. Before we wrap this conversation up, um, what does it feel like doing something you love? It feels great. I'm happy. I'm content. I am getting the right support from the right people. So I think that also plays a big part in my happiness doing what I love. And I think journalism is where I'm going to stay and I'm going to be doing this for a long time. On that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Usha. Thank you, Dashran. That was Usha Daniel. She's an independent journalist. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can check out the podcast on the BFM app, bfm.my or pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Dashran Johan and this has been Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.